I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the At The Hive podcast, part of the SB Nation network of podcasts. On today's episode, we talk about the NBA finals so far. Talk about Kimball Walker's interview with The Athletic, where he talked about his free agency and his what he thinks of Charlotte. Miles Bridges not making an all-rookie team and his thoughts on the matter. And then we spend a great deal of time talking about the draft, focusing on the Hornets pick at 12, who we like there, who we don't like there, what the Hornets need, all that good stuff. Welcome to the SB Nation at the Hive.com podcast. My name is Zachary Brown. I'm at the Hive. I'm a contributor to the site. And may I present the new site manager, the current heavyweight champion of the world, Jonathan DeLong. Thanks. Thanks, Zach. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Snap for myself. I, there's a golf clap <laughs> going on. There's a golf clap going on. I felt, I felt like a much larger... Uh... Much larger introduction than I deserve. No, it's much congratulations. You've, there's a lot of hard work that went into that. And um, I'm really excited about the direction that you're going to take the site into. We've talked about it a little bit. And uh, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more in this pod. But I would be remiss if I didn't introduce our first guest ever on the At The Hive podcast, Laika Abibi, also a contributor to At The Hive. You're there, Laika? What's up, man? How you guys doing? Thank you for having me on. Until you actually, until you mentioned that, I didn't know I was the first guest. So this is, this <laughs> well, is well, cool. <laughs> Zach was kind of the first guest because the first show was just me by myself, and then Zach was like, "Hey, man, you need another co-host," and I was like, "Yeah, you, you can hop on and see how it goes." And it's been good. So he's just kind of been the all-time guest slash. Now I am he's the, the co-host. I am, I'm the I'm the permanent <laughs> guest. I'm the guest that won't leave. You know, yes. right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it is. Well, it's it's actually just well, I, my show by myself but you know Zach's just always my yeah, guest. <laughs> well like i appreciate tell, you guys tell the, on, though. yeah no problem tell the audience a little bit about yourself i've already heard that you're verified on twitter which is <laughs> something that must be important uh, trust me guys like i said i'm i'm just a nobody um but i grew up in greensboro north carolina uh my parents are originally from ethiopia which is where my name comes from uh, but I was born here in the States and in, in, in the DC area and then moved down to North Carolina and I've lived here ever since I was three years old and I've been a Hornets fan for a long time. So it's, it's, and it's fun getting to write for them, like write about the team now. Uh, pre, pre new Charlotte Hornets, right? Like Bobcats and everything too, or old Hornets. Yes. Okay. From, yeah, from, from the start, you know. Yeah, it is just always curious because I know like the the, the uh, attendance and everything went way up when the name got changed back to Charlotte Hornets. So I don't know how many people are like, oh, I, I didn't really follow a team until they became the Charlotte Hornets again, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, This ahead. is where I inter- interject to say I've been to the first game, the opening game of every season, <laughs> even back when they were the Bobcats and it was like $7 to get through the door. Those were, um, that was so nice though. It like being a college student when the Bobcats were terrible and being like, Hey, I have an idea to do something with all our friends. Let's go to a Bobcats game. It'll just be $9 a piece and we'll get seats in the front row of the upper level. 
<laughs> hey, I, I hate to break the news to you, but if you want to go on a Wednesday night at seven o'clock to see the Hornets <laughs> play, it's about seven dollars still. <laughs> we got we got tickets on the baseline in like the fourth row, not this past season, but the season before, for I think like fifty five, sixty dollars a piece. I've actually That's only awesome. been to um, one Charlotte Hornets game since they became the Hornets again. The second, the yeah. part two Hornets. And it was the home opener against the Boston Celtics in the 2017 season. Did, did we win that game? Probably no. not. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we ever win. I don't think we ever win game. Uh, every season every Bradley had, a, I think, like 30 points and 10 boards, something like that. Uh, I, I think I remember that. <laughs> so we're going to talk a lot about non-basketball court stuff. I wanted to take your temperature a little bit to see – I assume you guys have been watching the finals. Do you like what you're seeing? Um, there is a little bit of a Charlotte connection in that both Muggsy Bogues and uh, Del Curry played for the Toronto Raptors. Um, I've been loving the basketball. I've been watching every minute. Have you guys seen any of it? What strikes you? I've been watching it. I um, I don't know. The, the thing that strikes me, I think, is that um, – well, especially the game two. The thing that's really stuck out of me is game two when the Raptors went to that box of one against Steph Curry. Oh my and goodness! <laughs> how how useless the Warriors are when without like I know every superstar like is needed, but like when the Warriors don't have Steph and Curry and Kevin Durant to create stuff, that they just become just nothing. But yeah, I've been I impressed mean... with how good the Warriors are without Durant. I've been impressed with the basketball so far. Obviously, game one, it was really important for the, the whole city of Toronto to get that win. It it was really really nice moment for them. Uh, obviously, Pascal Siakam went off in that game. It was like yeah. a coming out party if people hadn't seen him play all year. that They got their introduction in that game. Um, there's another Hornets connection. Jeremy Lin played, plays for the Raptors, right? Oh, oh, he's yeah, sitting he on that bench. He's, he's yeah, watching the Raptors far, from the far front bench. Row. Well, <laughs> yeah. he was a former Hornet. I mean, but uh, yeah, he's there. It's the basketball has been really good, uh, but that's really the ultimate respect you can give a, a superstar when you're talking about that boxing one. <laughs> I've I have not seen that offense run, or excuse me, that defense run in an NBA game in my entire life uh, that I can remember. So it's, that, it was crazy. It's very disrespectful to the other four players on the court. It really is. <laughs> like, as long as this one player doesn't hurt us, then you guys can't beat us. Like, we'll just have Fred Van Vliet chase Stephen Curry around. Like, it was so funny. He's, like, face guarding Steph when they're, like, shooting free throws. And they're just like, that's it. And the Rab- and the Warriors did not, like, literally didn't score. And I don't think at all until, like, Cousins made a layup with, like, a minute left. Like, they went, like, four or five minutes without scoring. Yeah, but on the other side of the court, the Raptors didn't score at all. Yeah, um, yeah, they failed just, to take advantage of it. That was just yeah. them missing shots, though. Like, it wasn't any, like, oh, they just took away Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors were bad. It was just, they just couldn't make shots. Yeah, and the the boxing one was crazy to see. But I, you can't, Iguodala hit that three. You know, what thing instead <laughs> of, like, forgetting about the rest of the team, what they did was choose their poison and and yeah. you have to contain curry if you have any chance of winning and so you know I, th- I think that was a little nick nurse being weird like initials <laughs> on the hat nick nurse like i'm just gonna try something throw something out there um i thought but that was crazy what struck me guys was just jurassic park and the fan <laughs> base and how that whole country has come together to back this basketball team in a country that, you know, their main sport is hockey. This is not like their number one draw, but they have really come to back the Raptors and man, you know, it's hard to get people to fill the actual spectrum center, much less have people (laughs) stand around, you know, the arena. They have like two arenas full of people out there. And apparently they have remote Jurassic parks, parks throughout the country. Where they just stand yeah, there and uh-huh. watch it on a huge screen on the street. Yeah, it's crazy. I I I saw that thing off of the the score where it was like the Raptors became the most valuable franchise in the country, and <laughs> it's not it's not the Maple Leafs or the uh, the Blue Jays, 
and the blue and they've and they've won they've won championships. So uh, it's really cool to see the a whole country rooting for Toronto to try and get this championship. I'm rooting for them too, as long as Kevin Durant. Well, either way, I want the Raptors to win, but especially if Kevin Durant comes back. I'm a huge fan. Of, I'm a huge fan of Steph Curry, so I'm. I, I actually have no. I wouldn't be. <laughs> I'm not going to be mad at whoever wins this championship. I've told it to Zach. I'm rooting for like the the chaos, the the takes that come out if the Warriors do better or just as well with and without Durant. Yeah. So like, I hear you. if, if I hear you. that's that's what I'm rooting for more than like, because I, I do like Steph too, and I want Steph to win a Finals MVP because it's really unfair that he doesn't have one. But I just think it'd be really funny if this whole Warriors dynasty starts to kind of whittle away, and we kind of, and it's just like, so did they really need Kevin Durant, or was he just kind of there? They like, need yeah, Kevin like, Durant. I enjoy that storyline. Yeah, I think they need. Kevin I Durant. think they do need KD. Yeah. Um, they do. We were talking but I, about I, I earlier want the stories. Yeah, of yes, course. Yes, we want chaos. Yeah, you, yes, you want chaos the content, site manager. You want yeah. the content. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get to some of your content. Let's get to the Charlotte Hornets. We Old uh, Kemba Walker, the uh, captain, was in Japan um, earlier last week, and he sat down with the athletic uh, Jared Weiss. I'm going to probably pronounce his last name wrong because that's my job. <laughs> Um, and I'm just going to read you real quick the quotes that he gave that were kind of pertinent to our situation because it made me at once happy and at once sad, and I'll tell you why. Okay, so here's a quote. Oh, no question. Charlotte's definitely my first priority. That's where I've been for eight years, and that's all I know. Not many people get a chance to play for one NBA team throughout their career. When I go on Instagram, I see Kemba leave, Kemba get out of Charlotte. People don't understand. When they see, say you need to go here and win, that, that winning is not guaranteed anywhere. Charlotte is my home, man. I've been there for eight years, and it's been the most amazing eight years of my life. My family, they love it. The fans love me. The organization has been great and gave me my opportunity. I had no idea where I was going on draft night. I was hearing so many different rumors about different teams. I was going to get drafted, but Charlotte traded up and took a chance on me. A lot of people didn't think I was going to become the player I am today, so I have to so I have that love for Charlotte and that, and that is definitely the team I want to be with for sure, man, that is good to hear, you know, <laughs> it is, um, whether or not it comes to fruition. I like that. That's where his mindset is and that he knows that the organization is behind him and the fans are behind him, except for the people on his Instagram <laughs> saying, Kemba leave Kemba, get out of Charlotte. I don't know what kind of, contrary take look if you're not a charlotte hornets fan i get it i even understand that you want him to win to have a chance to win the championship but if you're a charlotte hornets fan asking kemba to leave for some weird charlotte observer reason then get out of his dms man do me a favor <laughs> i think it's mostly people that are not fans of kemba that want him to either join their team or go somewhere where they can watch him play more yeah sure because I think get a Fox Kim- Sports South subscription. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Kimba is honestly probably one of the most beloved players in the NBA. So. Yeah, I really don't know someone who actually dislikes him. That would be mm-hmm. kind of weird because he does everything the right way. Yeah, He's everything you want in a, in a star player. So, yeah, I think it's a lot of people just being like, yeah, like what we talked about with the Charlotte Observer said, but it was dumb when they said it because they're the Charlotte Observer. But it's just like. Kimba, you're such a good super, good, such a good star player. You deserve to win, which he does. But he needs to do it here, or he should do it here because that's what we want. Yeah, but earlier in his career, they used to complain about his size, about mm-hmm. his defensive ability, and before he started bringing up the three point numbers, they would complain about his three point shot. Yeah. Um. Oh, and if oh, he was in LA, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if he was in LA, if he was in New York guaranteed we'd be getting stories about how you can't win with Kemba because he's not an all-around player. He doesn't play on both sides of the court. Like, if he's in Boston and the Boston media gets a hold of him, you know, they'd be calling him shorty in, like, two weeks. If he played with LeBron, he would be bad because everybody that plays with LeBron is bad, and it's always their fault when LeBron doesn't he, win everything. He'd be considered no help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, man. 
But I love that report. I love that Kemba. Mm-hmm. This isn't a, a lot of times you get media stories that are like, you know, people close to Kemba or Kemba's team says all this stuff. But this is actually Kemba's words saying that he, that Charlotte is his first priority and that he feels the love from Charlotte. And that gives me hope, at least in the contract uh, negotiations. I wonder if there's stuff. So there's a couple things that I took from that one. It's obviously like you said, it's great to hear him say all that stuff. Um, even Rick Bunnell, like doubled his odds of Kimball Walker. I wonder, cause his tone was completely different than it was at the end of the season. And obviously there's, you know, the difference between coming off a loss and that disappointment and stuff. And he's gotten some time to distance from that. Yeah. But to me, I wonder like if just the all NBA and knowing he's going to make that much more money is part of it. Or if he know if he's talked like if the front office is working on stuff that he's privy to that we're not or what, because it's just, it's crazy to me how much, not a 180, but how he's gone from like, uh, we'll see, I, I want to stay, but they need to prove that we can win to where now he's like, Oh, I absolutely want to go back to Charlotte. So it's a, it's a, it's a noticeably brighter take from him. Yeah, it's definitely a whole, a lot better sign that he said these things. So I I would love to have Kemba back. I'm just I'm not sure how this will all work with the salary cuz cuz our cap is in such a bad situation right now. It's not great. It's not, it's great. not great and we addressed this on the the last pod so I don't want to get yeah. too much into it, but I do want to know um your take like uh do you would you sign Kemba Walker to the max? Especially now that he's one, he's yeah, super max now. Um, I'm really not sure. Uh, I, I want, I obviously want Kemba in a Charlotte jersey, and then if we have to do it, we probably, it's we pretty much Kemba playing well forces the Hornets' hand, like whether to put the money on the table or not. So, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure I would, but I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be angry if it had to come to that to the supermax to keep him. Yeah, there's like a you... small part of me that was rooting for Clay Thompson to get that uh, <laughs> third NBA spot, but it was just a small part. I wanted Kemba to get it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Kemba deserves it. It's yeah. where you would prefer to go less, obviously, because you always want to get players for as little as possible. But Kemba kind of has all the leverage. If he wants a supermax, you can't really say no. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the thing. It's really we the Hornets lost all the leverage, and it's it's all on Kemba now. Absolutely. Yeah, and the the trust in the upper management of the organization is key too. And there's no reason for him to trust their drafting ability, their free agent scouting ability. Um, to if I do give up money, if I do give up salary, are you going to spend that money on the right key pieces for us to make a move? Um, mm-hmm. in the playoffs there's no reason for him to believe but i do hope he does believe <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely i i agree with all of that i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, cool. Let's let's go on to Miles Bridges because I want us to get to our main thing. Um, I just wanted to stop and say that I love that we drafted Miles Bridges. This is Miles Bridges um, <laughs> responding to people who think that he got snubbed by not being on the all-rookie team or th- maybe thinks that he feels he got snubbed. This is what he said. I didn't get snubbed. I played like an asshole here. I di- don't deserve to be on any team. Next year will be different. Um <laughs> You and I, Jonathan, have talked about Miles Bridges. I wrote an article about Bridges um, earlier on at thehive.com. Please check it out. Uh, and I think he had a great year. I don't think he deserved to be on an all-rookie team, um, but I love this mindset, don't you? Yes, it's perfect. Like, just dig like down the, work. Yeah, just, well, it's like the humility, because like he didn't play bad, but for him to think he did, 
I think shows how high, like how what how highly he expects himself to play, and that's nothing but good thing means nothing but good things going forward. Like he's gonna work, and he's been working a lot. Like he's he posted on Instagram. He's in the gym literally like two times a day. Yeah, I what, think. That, yeah, go ahead, like Likey. Likey. <laughs> like a, sorry like a. no you're good <laughs> you're good you're good um but yeah i love i agree i love everything about what miles said um i love that he wants to work and i know he's definitely gonna work hard uh obviously there are a lot of things he's got to do to like to grow his game a little bit but he I, it sounds like he wa- he really wants to help this team become a whole lot better and I really love, and I really love these comments. It kind of like sets the tone for year two, you know. Yeah, for sure. And if he de- develops that three point a little bit more, and he can stretch the floor, let Kemba drive and kick, kind of. Um, even if he doesn't shoot the three, if he's a little bit more of a threat from that three point line, then those amazing dunks that we saw all year, uh, his rookie year, are just going to increase. Yeah, it all. We talked about game. it a little. We talked yeah. about it a little bit too, where all we really need around Kemba is just people that can make shots. So, if he makes more shots, I do. I agree that it will be good. Yeah, which brings my mind around to our main topic today, which is the draft. We are 15 days away Yay. from the NBA draft. Oh, um, 15 days, isn't that crazy? What? Yeah, the twentieth. Yeah, it's two th- two two weeks from Thursday today when the show comes out. So fourteen days away 14 from when you're listening to away. it. Four depending days on when you're listening to it. Site manager says fourteen days away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it depends on when you listen. It could be eight days away. It could be last week. I don't know when you're listening to the show. It's a podcast. It is short. How about June twentieth? The NBA draft is on June twentieth. And the Hornets have the 12th pick in the draft. Jonathan, you did something really creative this year on how At The Hive is going to cover the draft. Um, Why don't you speak on a little bit the the mock draft and kind of allowing the readers to be in on the mock draft? So I wanted to do something different and get people engaged. And so we're doing a community mock draft where everybody signed, not everybody, we have more than 30 people, but everybody who got into that thread in time got to sign up for a team. And when it's their turn, they make a pick just like that team. And when it gets to the Hornets turn, we as a community are going to have a day to just vote. And I'm going to probably put a poll with like 10 different options and whichever vote, whichever one gets the most votes will be the Hornets pick. And then we'll keep on chugging along. Um, I like. I wanted to do something like that one for the community engagement, and two, it's a different type of mock draft where it it's going to be kind of more true to how teams think. Because, like, how do I explain this? When somebody does a mock draft for an entire league by themselves, they kind of can make it fit the way they want it to go. Yeah, and there's kind of they can make it kind of predictable. So like when the, the person who's yeah, exactly. So if the like so players don't well nobody's gonna fall nobody's gonna be a reach or anything like that but if an individual controls everybody like the person who's controlling the wizards doesn't know who's who the cavaliers are gonna pick so things go haywire so i'm I'm excited to see how it goes i hope it's gonna turn into a mess but we'll see the draft filled up i mean pretty quick yeah it filled up so fast i think every i think like 20, well, I don't know, like all but like four teams were com- claimed in the first day. And then the last one was the Bucks, which were like early the day after I posted it. So we'll see how because trade trades turn into a mess. I'm, I'll go ahead and read it to you guys real quick. So that Candace Hoopas, the Timberwolves blog, is doing something similar, but they're allowing trades and everything. And it <laughs> it got so far off the rails. Um, here is a quick brief list this isn't all but a list of some of the players who were traded in this mock off season are you guys ready um oh, i no. can't wait to hear this i'm not steven ready. adams kevin love jared allen spencer dinwiddie gordon hayward mike conley marcus smart jonathan isaac aaron gordon traded twice ben simmons De'Aaron <laughs> fox buddy heel Derek favors colin sexton jalen brown zach levine john wall who was traded twice as well bradley beal <laughs> Trey Young, Luka Doncic, Paul George traded twice. 
James Harden and LeBron James were traded oh in this house. Oh my goodness! <laughs> LeBron James is now uh, now a Thunder. He's a, a Thunder. James Harden is a Laker. Paul George is a Rocket. I think he was. He went from the Thunder to the Lakers to the Rockets. Uh, <laughs> somebody traded Luka oh Doncic goodness. because they wanted to build their team around uh, draft picks. Um, so obviously you trade away the rookie of the year after his rookie season. Um, I don't know. So yeah, that's that's what happens when you make when you let people make trades. Oh, I think it was a great goodness. idea not to allow <laughs> us to have trades for sure. It's fun, but it becomes such a it's like a fun exercise. Like it's not even an exercise; it's a fun game, I guess. But it's a useless exercise in terms of kind of like getting a feel for how things will go in real life because. 95% of those things aren't going to happen. Like, I think the True. Hawks ended and up at one point. Of the... Yeah. Good, yeah. Well, what happens is people, when they do that, it's a one-time thing. So a lot of people overvalue draft picks because they want to have more picks in the mock. Right. Like, at one point, the Hawks had, like, the 8th, 10th, 13th, 25th, 33rd, 30th. <laughs> like, they had, like, eight picks, and they traded all of them to move up to three so they could have R.J. Barrett instead of RJ. Trey Young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, so, yeah. I, I would doing that one, one, yeah thank that's good i like it um <laughs> when are you going when does the mock draft start so that people can tune in it's probably gonna be up by the time you hear this so, okay perfect thursday so we'll get the first and then i have the first three picks because i'm selfish um but really i just took the first three picks because i didn't want to go off the rails that fast so i'm going to make the three obvious picks or what i think will be the obvious picks and starting with the Lakers, that's when everybody's free to do whatever they want. You didn't want Kobe White going in the uh, with the first pick of the draft. <laughs> the first pick, the Go Pelicans Heels. select Bruno Fernando. Second pick, yeah, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm expecting that to happen. Like Tar Heels, like ACC guys are going to go way high. Um, and there's just there's some people there's some prospects that I don't get that are I think are like backup potential players and we'll talk about this in a little bit but there are some people that are super fascinated with like in the grizzlies they're doing something similar and like bruno fernando went ninth and tyler hero went 10th which is way higher than anybody like any most legitimate sites have them going Do so you, i expect now i've heard that this draft is like not just top heavy that there are two maybe three players in this drafts that are sure things going to be impactful players next year and that it's a crapshoot from you know three down um do you believe that do you think that there are three like pl- people who have all the uh, ability to make an impact on their team immediately and then everybody else is just rolling the dice or, you know, what, how do you feel about this draft? Yeah, so Zion's going to be a superstar. Uh, John Morant and R.J. Barrett can be superstars. Um, R.J. Barrett, I'm a little more concerned about him becoming like Andrew Wigginsy because he's just he's got all the skills, but he's so headstrong um, that that concerns me. But after that, like there's there's the top three, and then there's like a tier from like four to eight or so and then everybody from like nine to 20 is pretty much the same so yeah, there's I... go ahead like oh yeah that's kind of that's kind of how i feel i like i actually like barrett a lot so i believe it's i believe it's three zion morant rj mm-hmm. and then like from there you can like go like not in order like kobe white and Culver and some some of these other guys like in the tier two. I actually yeah. think there's like a third tier of like four or five guys that could end up being steals. But after that, it's a it's just a whole bunch of you just gotta pick your poison and see yeah. see if it works out. You pick like your personal preference. Like yeah, there are, yeah. there are guys that are mocked that some places have mocked like 11th or 12th that are also mocked in like 24th or 25th and other places like legitimate sites. 
So yeah, that's, people got that's kind of people got range on some of these prospects. <laughs> yes. except for, obviously, except for Zion. Zion's uh, range is uh, number one to uh, number one. So <laughs> yeah, there's, every like somebody posts. There's like the consensus is Zion, Ja, and then RJ are the top three picks in that order of every single mock draft you can find right now. I think every mock draft should just start at number two and then just go, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> No, so. so the reason we have Leica on the pod today on top of we just wanted a guest on the pod is <laughs> I am not your college basketball expert. Um, I have – I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't tried to get into college basketball. <laughs> I think that they play a uh, mediocre style of basketball, and I'm, I don't have any loyalty to a college minus Appalachian State who never gets in. Um, but I know that I a there's a – Oh, it's a fantastic, especially the football program is amazing. Uh, absolutely. It's just a great school to go to. Everybody should go to it. Shout out to App State. Um, <laughs> Whether you've been so, to college or not, you should go to App State. Just just do it. Just go. Just go to Boone. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway. Absolutely. I recommend it too. I, I definitely agree. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Um, what I wanted to know is that with this 12th pick that the Hornets have, do you guys feel like there is a position of need that you would say, hey, don't pick the best player available, pick this position, because if we get this position, we're going to be that much better? What do you think, Lega? Um, that's a good question. Uh, maybe I, I would say we could we could use kind of a – I think we could use a, a player that can help us win now at any position, to be honest. Uh, best player available. Yes, I'm. I'm a best player available person. Uh, I there. There are a few people that like are realistically going to be there, in my opinion. Uh, but I, I, I'm a best player available regardless of position. That, that's how. That's my stance on the twelfth pick. Especially since, like, I don't remember if this is in the show or not, but the best player available is not going to be a point guard. Because the only the three point guards, it's going to be like Garland, go, White, and um, Morant. Not that, uh, Morant. Yeah, yeah. The opposite order, probably, or yes. possibly, but um, but yeah, Kobe White's probably not going to get past the Bulls, and Garland and Morant are probably going to go before that. Yeah. So everybody, the Hornets pick is going to be a wing or a big, which is good because the Hornets could use both. Absolutely. So, <laughs> okay, so, so oh, I'm going to push you a little bit on this because I am an yeah. amateur when it comes to college basketball, but uh, uh, White was someone who I liked for the Hornets, and the reason is, so so position isn't really what I was looking at. I was looking at what we needed as a team, and what we need as a team is a yeah. second scorer. What we need as a team is someone mm-hmm. someone who can put the ball in the basket and do it efficiently, and from what I can tell from white stats, he was like 37% from the three point line. Um, We Mm -hmm. desperately need a shooting guard. who can do that. (laughs) That was what we thought monk was going to be. um, And it hasn't come to fruition. What makes you think that white won't last to the 12th pick? Because I've seen him uh, uh, mocked that. I think the ringers uh, mock had, uh, white going, I think thirteen or eleven or something like that. What makes you think he can't make it there? I think I saw somewhere where people think the Bulls are the um, the Bulls are one hundred percent going to take him if he's there. Okay, I can't remember where I saw it, but um, and that might obviously it's, there's a lot of f- uh, fake news out there right now, but I I've seen I think that's a lot of people think that that's where he's going to go. Like that's that's his floor. So he's also, a, he's also a, a bigger guard too. Yeah. To match with him, but he's six five. Yeah, he's yeah. about six five. Yeah. Um. So that's where that comes from. I'm looking to to see. Yeah, because everywhere else I have I've seen him is he goes a lot higher. Like even the ringer now he's going seven to the Bulls. Okay. Okay. Updated. So for the scoring, there are three, maybe four players around the Hornets pick that I think bring that. Um, they are 
So the maybe four is Tyler Hero. He might be a reach at 12, but he can shoot, which the Hornets need people that can shoot. Um, but he's probably he might be a little more dependent on being set up as opposed to these other guys. The other two are Romeo Langford, Kevin Porter Jr., and Rui Hachimura. Porter and like, Langford are guards, and Hachimura is a forward. What, do you, what were you saying, Micah? I'm, I'm a huge fan of Porter. Um, hey from USC. He's a good he's a really good player. He, I think he can help us a lot if we could get him. Yeah, he's interesting cuz he's like his highlights look like James Harden. Like he looks his highlights look like athletic James Harden. Like his highlights are amazing. He looks like he should be a top 5 pick. But then you look at like the whole body of work and it's like why did this kid only average like 9 points a game? And he's also was like dismissed for he was suspended for 2 weeks for conduct reasons and stuff like that. So it's a risk, but the talent is definitely there. Yeah, I could. Yeah, definitely. Do you guys? I think Bo Bowl as well. Did you mention? Did I didn't mention him. Mention? But he's, a good one. he's another one that's also interesting. That's a, and that's those, a high risk, high reward pick, kind of. Yeah. So Zach, what would you think? Would you rather the Hornets like? So between these, like we're talking about scoring, from right. um, Bowl and Kevin Porter are probably like home run swings, while. Hachimura and Langford are maybe more sure things, but not as high ceiling. Which direction would you prefer the Hornets go? It is in general, without knowing the players. Like, which of those two options? Like, home, like, yeah, high sure. risk, so, high so I actually researched those those names, including Brandon Clark, which I want to talk about a little bit too. Um, yeah. specific, let me ask you about Bol Bol. Do you guys think if he was not injured that he would be going? you know, in the top 10, is that the, the situation with him? Um, I think if he played the whole year at the level he started at, probably the only concern is the weight, regardless of how he played being seven foot two and 208 pounds. That is not, not a a good ratio. Yeah. I I agree with all of that. I'm with him. Yeah. And and not to compare him, but Giannis came into the league really skinny. Um, Mm and really tall and people were worried about him getting injured and he is not Giannis. Let me just put that out right right now. (laughs) Um, But I like the idea of having a big man who seems to be able to put the ball in the basket. Um, However, Kevin Porter. So I was kind of leaning towards white, but Kevin Kevin Porter was my number two person. He's more Chris Chris stops than Giannis. I think Kristaps huh. is a good comparison for him in terms of like, yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Just wanted to throw that out there before we got away from him. No, you're good. You're good. So from what I know about Kevin Porter is that he can be a catch and shoot. Uh, he can play both the, the uh, shooting guard, maybe even a little bit small forward if we wanted to put him there. But if, if he's a catch and shoot guy, that's what I think this team needs the most is uh, some now, from what I hear, he he's not a he has a some bad decision making on the court, and maybe he might want to take over sometimes. But I think if we have Kemba there, he can bring him into the fold in the right way and put him in the right position to score um, three point shots, which is what we desperately need. Um, so I like that idea of it, with a twelfth pick in the draft, man, you're lucky to get someone who can contribute. Um, a lot of times, the twelfth. 13th that middle round of the draft isn't the most fruitful place to find a player because it's these players who have through talk radio through ESPN have been pushed up the draft board you know worked outs and that kind of stuff and we've gotten so far away from people actually playing basketball that people get influenced and that kind of stuff so I'm always wary about a middle pick like this so I think Mm -hmm going all out and trying to get someone who can um, contribute immediately is where my mindset is. The ceiling and the floor of the player, especially exactly. for the horn. And I'm always right now. that. Yeah. yeah. So like that's guys like PJ Washington and it will go. How about this? Brandon Clark, you want to talk about him as a person that's a very low ceiling, high floor player. And also the it, first ex- lottery pick the Hornets worked out. Yeah. He seems like a guy who could really fit in if we think that Miles Bridges is going to take 
a step forward. I don't, I don't want to say leap forward because I don't want to put that much expectation <laughs> on him. But if, if Miles Bridges can take a step forward and Brandon Clark can do the dirty things that a, a team needs, the rebounds, the defensive plays, um, you know, Brandon Clark seems like that guy, but again, this is from YouTube videos and from me reading stuff about Brandon Clark. And I hate judging basketball like that. When I talk about the Hornets, it's because I watch the Hornets, you know, do you know anything about him? I'll let you go first. Like about Brandon Clark. uh, He comes from a winning program. He does a lot of, he does do a lot of dirty work. He rebounds well. Uh, He's a, he's a big that has a lot of upside in my opinion. Um, I think that he could. I think he could help the team. I think he can help the team win a lot, a lot of games, like he did at Gonzaga. Uh, I think that he he. There are a lot of things he can improve, of course. But I I, I like Brandon Clark a lot. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his. So he's like I don't know how much you pay attention to stuff. Like his advanced stats are crazy. Like they're close to Zion Williamson level of just like oh yeah i've, his, yeah, I've seen those They're, it's impressive yeah like his like wind shares and all that stuff like and his efficient offensive and defensive efficiency they're just they're absurd but and i think he'll be a really good player i just don't know like for the hornets i feel like he's it's one of those things where the hornets have a lot of guys that do the dirty work and don't do anything flashy and we have too much of that already so yeah, it is that's a good point so, like, if he goes to a team, like, he'd be great for, like, the Hawks, who have John Collins as a big that can do the flashy things but doesn't really defend that well. And so Brandon Clark would be, like, a perfect one-two punch with them or with Minnesota, with Carl Anthony Towns, same type of thing, where they have, like, multiple scoring threats and they have somebody that they can play off of them. He's kind of like the Draymond Green for the Warriors. Like, that's kind of how Brandon Clark, I feel like, is going to be. But the Hornets don't have enough pieces for him to connect right now. Yeah, I could kind of see. I could kind of see that. Some other prospects I think could be interesting, or like some international guys like Goga Bedazzi, who I've heard a lot about, like in the last few weeks, and uh, Sekou Dumbia. He's another one. Um, I'm interested in him a lot. Yeah, the, all, those are some upside. Well, Seku especially is kind of an upside pick. Go Gogo's actually. I've seen some of his workouts. He's not that bad. I, for, <laughs> I know I for, a lot of people want to call. Him. Go ahead. No, no, you go. You go ahead. I've heard people call him like the they, people want to compare him to Jokic, which is probably too lofty. Yeah, but... it's, yeah, it's too high. <laughs> yeah, I, I could. I haven't been able because Jokic is like top five passer in the NBA. Um, you can't. Gogo is like he's a good passer for a big, but he's a good passer, and the guy like, he finds the right shooter out of double teams, and he can make passes in a short roll. He's not like running an offense type. Good. Um, Dumbia. How do you say his name? How do you say it? Say yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched a lot of him yet, or researched a whole lot of him yet, but he's very, very interesting with like his base skill level. And along with his frame, like how tall he is, how long he is, how athletic he is, yeah. um, he's he's very Giannis-y, um, like how Giannis was when, before he came out. Obviously, he's got miles to go before he's actually anything close to Giannis as a player, but that's kind of like, I think that's what the what people want him to be. Absolutely. Like the super long, super athletic, can guard one to five, can shoot a little bit, can make a plays off the dribble type of stuff, but super, super raw. So I would, I would be a fan of that. I mean, I'd be a fan of it just because I think he's another home run swing, but I don't know if he's as likely to be there as the other okay. as the other guys, Bull and Porter. All right, so I want to ask you guys this question. If someone, and it happens in a lot of drafts, if someone drops and, and mm-hmm. makes it to that 12th spot that you don't think could make it to the 12th spot, you know, let's leave the top four um, players out of it. Is there someone that you'd love to drop that you think would work really well with this team? Mm. I'm thinking specifically because I've heard his name so much is is Cam Reddish. Um, I, was, I, was, I know that he, he was. Yeah, go ahead. 
I have a mock draft up right now, and I was looking at the names, and that was the one that I was kind of thinking about. Because um, he's really interesting, because he's supposed to be a lot better than he played. But he's supposed to, it's been like, that's been the story of his career. So I don't know. You know? And see, I, I love that. I love the idea that, you know, he, I know he, that he was really highly rated coming out of high school, um, goes to Duke and gets buried by Zion, um, gets buried by RJ Barrett. And now everybody's like, oh, he's not as good as he was. And like, I think those types of players can really surprise people. But if he goes seven, if he goes six, he's not going to surprise anybody. But if he went 12, yeah. Do the, the, most worrisome thing about R.J. Barrett is to me, though, or not R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish is to me, though. What's that? He shot 39% from inside the arc at Duke. Yeah, that's tough. That is that's not great. That's, is, that's real bad. That's a big yikes. What is but, this yeah, FGA? I, do, you, do you have it up? What's his uh, attempts per game? Do you know? So he took he would attempted four point six twos per game and seven point four threes per game. Uh made thirty nine percent of his twos and thirty three percent of his threes. Oof. Four so shots a game per- is not a lot of shots. No, Five I like I like the three point heavy shooting. Like I like that he's uh like the three point rate. But um yeah. There's He there's... did make some big time shots though this year. He he won a couple he's won a couple games for for Duke, uh, but yeah, obviously a lot of things to work on. But he, man, he looks great in his workouts. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody's saying. I think it's one of those things where, like, it, I, we probably if he falls to the Hornets and they take him, we probably should be a little wary of it. But I don't know how I wouldn't get super excited. Man, I'd be I'd be really excited if Culver fell to twelve. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, he's another one. I think. Of those guys, the one I'd probably root for the most would probably be, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I guess, Reddish. Just because of the, the, the potential that everybody seems to think he has. How about like, DeAndre not, Hunter? Is, is he going to go? Yeah, he's probably going to. He's supposed to go top 10. Um, yeah. He would be such a Hornets pick. Like, Oh, my goodness. That would be so... It would be such a hornet's pick. Oh my goodness! Let's get the guy that's like, you know, he's a junior. He's he's gonna be twenty. He's gonna be like twenty two years old, like a month. Yeah, he's an older guy. Um, plays for a winning program. Uh, tries like defends, tries really hard, and all that stuff. Like, just it's a very. He's just like a Frank Kaminsky type pick. He's just like a defensive version of Frank Kaminsky. And well, that worked out so well the first time. So we should. Um, well, obviously, yeah, of course. He's a better prospect than Frank was, but in terms of like the resume, yeah, I feel, the, I feel like, I mean, UVA players have been pretty good at least recently. I, obviously, Malcolm Brogdon's a good, good example of that. Um, so, Joe Harris. Yeah, Joe Harris, of course. Uh, there's, a, but I, I'm not sure. I would. It depends on who's on the board. If he were to fall, and like who else is yeah. there? But we'll see. Hopefully, we just get. Hopefully, we just get it right this year. That's 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 the number one priority. Yes, just get it right. I I just want somebody to be excited about. Which most of the guys that I think I, I can convince myself to be excited about, um, except for maybe like Hunter or Clark, just because I think they're like better as like complimentary pieces on really good teams. Like Hunter would be perfect sure, for the Lakers the if they signed pick, trade. Yeah, but at the twelfth pick, I think that, like honestly, that's what you should be hoping for is a complimentary player. Um, it's really yeah. hard to find. You know, um, Kyrie Le- Leonard only happens every once in a while, and you have to be the Spurs to know how to know when yeah. to trade up to get him. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've a couple waited, other names. Oh, I was gonna say I've wait. I've waited for my uh, Luke May joke. It's it's. Uh, I'm not going to say it. That's all. <laughs> I prefer not to speak. You got, the, you got, got the tweet saved in the drafts, ready to ready to fire. <laughs> yeah, the, every, everyone right. keeps everyone in my mentions every day. It's just like, well, not really every day, but it's just like you got you know you guys are going to draft Luke May to keep the tradition going. You know. 
Yeah. As a I, 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 I'm also would not be the least bit surprised if we take Nasir Little or something like that. Just oh because. my god, dude. <laughs> I'm. I love. I like Nasir Little a lot. I just. I'm not sure. I would. I'm not sure I'd draft him if he was like. If depending on the board, like I wouldn't draft him at twelve. Yeah, he's. I think he's. Yeah, he's a good, like high upside pick if you're in like later, like after the lottery, and you don't but, really need anybody to come right away. But but part of me is extremely scared that if he goes like at a later pick and ends up being great, I'm just gonna be like, oh come on. <laughs> the one time we don't go for the UNC guy. Yeah, is... d- for real. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna find other names. Just just start throwing names out in here if you guys have opinions on them. What do you guys think of Hachimura? Do you have any opinions on him? I like you mentioned I like him, him a yeah. lot, but I'm not. I think it's a little bit of a. It's the low. There's a lower ceiling with Hachimura in mm. comparison to other picks. Uh, I'm kind of like intrigued by Grant Williams a lot. Uh, Hoop State legend, by the way. Uh, from play ba- played his high school basketball in the Charlotte area. Uh, but I, I like Grant Williams a lot too. I've been a, I'm a fan of his. Yeah, he's getting a lot of buzz. Where he he was like rising and then he played really really. He was at the combine, and I feel like everybody just kind of stopped talking about him. Yeah, it, he's obviously like if we could, if Kobe White could somehow slip to twelve, that would be really cool because he's also a North Carolina guy. Yeah, uh, but Grant Grant's a good Grant's a good guy. I think he does a lot of things really well. Like he does like a little bit of everything, you know. As, he's very, pretty good. He's, he's good at everything. Draymond Green, yeah. right? Yeah. Let me tell you what I like about Hachimura that I've read is that he only started playing basketball six years ago when he was mm-hmm. 14. Yes. It, you know, that. I love that diamond in the rough. Like, yeah, um, you can teach them proper technique. You can teach them uh, court awareness. But if he's this good, only six years in his career or into his uh, basketball playing life, then, you know, it's possible if you have the right development team to put him in the right place to be mm-hmm. successful. So I like that. Yeah, um, do we have the right development team is always the question. He's actually, I think ESPN's latest mock, uh, Hachimura is the Hornets pick. That's why I wanted to talk about him specifically. Um, and they're actually, they're the draft express guys and they know their stuff. So I, I, um, I like him. Like I kind of have the same thing, same concern with like cause he's also older. So between him being older and, also inexperienced, it's kind of hard to to gauge like how much more growth he still has. But he's, he's got 20, a good. He's twenty, right? He's twenty-one. He's twenty-one. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, he's he's like the same age as um. He's twenty-one right now. He's like the same age as Hunter. Okay. Um, so yeah, like he's played three years at Gonzaga. So he's improved a bunch, but it's one of those things where it's kind of like, is he ever going to take a big enough step to be like a more than a backup? player especially because he was so dependent on the mid-range in college which isn't exactly what uh, NBA we're not, he's not going to come here and shoot all those 10 foot jump shots he did to Gonzaga all right so I, like so I I want to is there any other names that you wanted to talk about before we uh, before I nail you guys down to something two more okay um and I don't know. These are these are getting a little more, uh, a little deeper in the draft. So you might not know a lot about them, Zach. Bruno Fernando and Mifiondu Cabangeli. Oh, oh my the, goodness! I'm I know a those guys. Cabangeli. What about him? Oh, I said I'm a huge fan of uh, Cabangeli. Do you think he should go 12? Uh, probably not. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But if we. If we could somehow snag him, these I don't think there's any way he would fall to our second round pick. But if we if we could get him, that would be really nice. So the reason I bring those guys up are because we talked about earlier the range. Um NBA draft.net, which can they they very much do their own thing. Uh they have Cabin Gelly going tenth to the Hawks, and they have Fernando going ninth to the Wizards. Um, Tankathon has Kevin Gelly going 30th and Fernando going 19th. 
and ESPN has Kevin Gelly go, going also 19th and Fernando going like 38th. So they're all over the place. And uh, to me, I think both of them are good like targets if we trade down a little bit. Which I think is kind of like what you just said, Leica. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. Like if we trade with like the Celtics and get like 14 and 20 or like 20 and 22 or something. Yeah. But not both of them, obviously. That would be that'd be dumb to take both at the same time. But like I, I like Cabin Gelly's. Uh, he's an interesting combination of his size and his shooting, but I don't know. He had four times as many turnovers as assists. Like that's that's like the camera at his two point percentage. That's a big yikes. Yeah. Okay, so Zach, do you have any thoughts um, on those players real quick before we absolutely not. I don't have any thoughts on right. either one of them, <laughs> but I trust your yeah. opinion on them wholeheartedly. Um, mm-hmm. The idea of trading down or trading even away from this draft is something that I like the idea of taking that twelfth pick and turning it into maybe marrying that twelfth pick with a player and turning it into something else, or even taking that 12th pick and trading to get a first round pick in a year or two when we get that double dip draft. I'm obsessed with this double dip dip (laughs) draft that's going to happen where you're going to get the best players from that college year and the best players from that high school year. Um, This is a perfect opportunity for us to trade it. And as you've talked about multiple times on at the hive.com, we don't have a lot of cap space to be paying people anyway. Um, so taking that 12th pick and, and either trading down or trading out is something that I'd really like to see them do, even though I know it wouldn't be exciting. Um, not as exciting as Bowl Bowl or uh, those other people. It's one of those things like long term, it's it might be the best option, but in the short term, it just sucks when you can't watch the draft and see who your team picks. Yeah, for sure. Unless they trade for a player, unless they yeah. trade for, you know, someone who can help immediately. Well, it's like we traded it for Marco Bellinelli, which Marco Bellinelli not probably not being worth it aside. It was like, ah, it's the 22nd pick, and it probably wasn't going to be an important player. But it's so much more fun to watch the draft when the Horn, like your team actually has a pick. Because I don't think we had a single pick that draft after we traded it for Bellinelli. No, but I loved that trade. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I did. I was like, we're going to get the Spurs Bellinelli. Finally, get you know me. I'm obsessed with three points. You get, we're, he's going to shoot all these threes. It's going to be great. He's about yeah. to be shooting off the we catch get... shoes. you be like drifting five feet right <laughs> in the left. <laughs> yeah, we got the Boris DL of Marco Bellinelli. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> As the number one Boris Diaw fan, I'm extremely hurt by the way you said that. <laughs> hey, I was hurt by how he played in Charlotte. I'm just, look, <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, I, by the way, yeah, I, I totally get it. I mean, <laughs> by the way, people don't know I'm a huge Boris Diaw fan, and I actually kind of look like him, which is really funny. <laughs> That's why you're a fan. It's just like people that look like me can succeed <laughs> in basketball. So I, I aspire to be. Uh, the real 2014 <laughs> finals MVP Boris Diaz. <laughs> Are you like making espresso in your room right now? <laughs> you keep an espresso machine in his locker. Wait, I actually had one like right here. I'm looking at it. <laughs> I need to have the picture where he's sitting in slides, like with, with his legs <laughs> crossed and he has the, and he has the little coffee cup. I have to recreate that. Now, so I... <laughs> oh my new, uh, new profile pick. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Um... So, Leica, <laughs> I need your official prediction for the Charlotte Hornets pick at number twelve. Who do you think they go with? Oh, do I have to do this now? A hundred percent. We're nailing you. Yes. This is how this podcast works. There's no gray area. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you're sending out the checks. Um, so, <laughs> Leica, who do you have for the Hornets uh, for this draft coming up on the 20th? Uh, oh my goodness. Uh, I think this is assume this is assuming he falls to this person falls to number 12, or right? 
just, yeah, just, yeah. just guess. Like, if you had to bet money on who you think the Hornets will end up with at the end of the night, who do you put your money on? I think they end up with... Uh, I love I love this. Put me I on will... the hot seat, my friend. I, I, I can go. The Je- I have my, where's the Jeopardy? Where's the final Jeopardy music? <laughs> I, have, I have my selection if you want me to, to say mine while you think. Please, yes, please come back to me. I really don't know. <laughs> I have no clue what. The, so you know how I, the points like, are on the draft. Like a passes. <laughs> so I yes, I I pass like Boris Diaw. <laughs> Boris Diaw wide open under the rim. And um, it gets intercepted by Jonathan. Okay. Oh my goodness. So right, if, Jonathan. I, if I have to guess who the Hornets pick, this isn't who I would pick necessarily. But if I had to guess who the Hornets pick, um, I think. PJ Washington's the most likely pick. The guy we haven't talked about at all on the show, but oh, mm. I think that would be the most likely pick because he's he kind of fits the mold of us picking players from blue blood schools, and he's a sophomore and he should be able to help right away, and he doesn't have any glaring. He's a very safe pick. Like he has no glaring flaws. He has no glaring strengths either, but no glaring flaws. I liked how you picked someone we didn't talk about at all. That's great. Well, I had That's, to get yeah. Somehow, a little curveball for the. <laughs> I like it. No, I like that curveball. That's good. <laughs> I actually just wrote about him today too, so he's kind of fresh, fresh on the, on the mind. All right, Leica. The time <laughs> oh, has come, yeah. my friend. It's final okay, I jeopardy. Have to go now. Yes. All do. right. Uh, just pick a name. It's I not think... going to hurt you if you're wrong. I think we end up with, um, I think we end up with Bull Bull. Um, Bull Bull. All I, right. That that's also someone I wouldn't necessarily pick at twelve, like you said. But um, mm-hmm. but I think the Hornets try and go for a home run. Yeah. For, and I, it'd be it'd be really crazy if it worked out. But I think they I think they go for it. He's kind of a. Kind of a play, kind of a play to show that, show Kem, like they they're gonna go for some type of play to show that to show Kemba Walker that, hey, we want we want a winning player at least in the draft to start, and then we're gonna try and work our way into getting good players uh, throughout the offseason somehow, mm-hmm. some way, you know, and yeah. that's a home and it's all gonna be home run swings. Bowl too uh, that we didn't mention. The Hornets, if you say their two biggest needs are like an interior presence and scoring, like a second score, he's probably he's the only player that'll be available over there that can, that can potentially check both of those boxes. Right, that's what I was thinking as well. So he can, Although so we we thought that with Frank, and we <laughs> thought that with Cody as well. Yeah, but um, he can kill two stones with one bird and make and also be the home run swing, kind of check all those boxes. <laughs> Did you say two Kill stones two stones bird? with one bird. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, there it is. Our site manager, Jonathan DeLong. Love it. <laughs> All right, so bird. you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. PJ Washington um, is Jonathan's pick at number 12. And Bowl Bowl is Leica's pick at number 12. I... Think they're going to trade the pick for a 2021 first round pick? Maybe. Oh, you need to, no, 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 no. Who do you think the Hornets would pick if they pick? Okay. Yeah, that's that. that that's actually a good way of putting it. So, knowing that, although Cupcheck is in the office now, um, but knowing that Michael Jordan can't take his fingers off this draft, um, I think that we go with. Cameron Johnson. Oh boy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, Another player North we have Carolina <laughs> power forward. Um but he did, he from what I understand he he can shoot. He's a very good shooter. He's And be- what Michael Jordan is going to love most about him is that he's uh went to a North Carolina college. He was <laughs> so top notch schooling. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, well, it's also worth noting it's not just Michael Jordan that's a UNC guy. Mitch Kochek is also a UNC guy, yeah. and uh, Buzz right. Peterson, the assistant GM, is also a Why not? Oh man, I think I just, I think I just hit the nail on the head, guys. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, Cam Johnson and Luke May in the second round. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Heels. 
<laughs> so, uh, Laika, when you get your pick wrong, where can people at you? Uh, where can people <laughs> uh, see you on social media? Tell you how uh, stupid you are. <laughs> to, to see all my stupidity, you can follow me at strikeanation24 underscore S-T-R-I-K-A nation24 underscore uh, that's for Twitter and Instagram. Uh, so yeah, that's where you can see all of my stupidity. That isn't just <laughs> Hornets related. It's all sports. Everything I say is kind of a troll at this point. So yeah, that's, that's, right that's my social media info. <laughs> You're going to be very successful in this medium, sir. You can also see Leica's work at thehive.com as well. Ah, thank you, sir. Jonathan, where can they find you, sir? I'm at John DeLong42 on Twitter, at J-O-N-D-E-L-O-N-G-42 on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to put all this in the post. If you can't spell these things, you can find it there. Um, and then, Zach, where, you, where do you, what about you? Tell them where they can find you because you're super, super active on social media. Oh, I'm just the most active person. <laughs> if you want to find me, you see me on the streets, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I am at the 85 pod on both Twitter and Instagram and uh, I'm reading everybody's takes and just laughing to myself on the inside. <laughs> Zach um, will but read I'm your also takes at thehive.com. What were you going to say? You'll just like read their takes and then your social media is just like text me and be like, did you see what this person said? That's correct. You <laughs> and a few, I have a group friend chat. That is yeah. my social media um, activity. So far, I also send out letters just just oh, to people's nice. like Twitter handles, but it, I never get a response. <laughs> I'm sending out ravens from the top floor of my town. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Do you, do you send them like to the the Twitter headquarters with like the at of the person they need to be forwarded to? Uh, that's a hundred percent what I do, and then someone copies it down for me. Yeah. It takes about three months. This process, you know, it's not exactly hot takes. It's they're pretty cold, but you it's like know. telegrams, like dated, it's like message from Zach Brown dated February twelfth, two thousand nineteen, and they're just receiving it like today. Uh, yeah, you remember when Draymond was fighting with KD in the middle of the season? You yeah. just saw that tweet today. You just yes. saw it today. Gotcha. <laughs> Um, Laika, thank you so much for coming on the pod. I hope you had a good time. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. No problem. No problem. Jonathan, you got anything to finish, Mr. Site Manager, heavyweight champion of the world? <laughs> no, I'm good. See you guys later. Peace out. <laughs>